What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It's part two of our Turkey Week extravaganza here. It is. Gobble, gobble. Um, yeah. We, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, uh, getting close to noon Eastern time, uh, mm-hmm on the east coast here mm-hmm. um and we uh yeah we, we usually do our preview show on thursdays but uh because uh there are three thanksgiving games this week and we have lots of family obligations and such yeah. we're gonna record our preview show early this week here on tuesday uh so yeah if anything changes in the football world between now and uh tomorrow when we post this pod uh, that's why uh, we won't be addressing that. Just so just keep, keep in that mind. in mind as you listen. Yep. Uh, any other further thoughts uh, on life, Lauren, mm. before we jump into this week's juicy matchups? Thoughts on life? No, I think I'm good. I think, you know, this is a good week to, you know, it's like a little bit of a slower week in certain ways, but it's also a good week to think about things and, you know, grateful, thankful, all that stuff. And, Take it, just just take a minute, you know. This week. so you know, like on on Twitter, they do those. Um, they put those. They post those like pictures where you have to choose one of each thing. Like it's like make your own team, uh, but make it's so like one of them is like make your own ideal like Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like you can pick which meat you want and which sides. Like mm-hmm. what is your what is your ideal lineup for Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, I typically, I'm fine with the uh, the whole turkey thing. Sometimes we smoke it. Sometimes, you know, there's kind of a variety. Like, we're smoking it this year. Um, and so... You ever deep fry it? I haven't done the deep fry. Have Me you? Me neither. I've heard it's really good, I though. would like to but try But it can that. also, like, yeah. burn your house down. It's the other thing. <laughs> right. They're, the pros and cons <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so we're, we're, I, I would be probably a smoked turkey. Um, I don't mind all of... I feel like there is, and I think, like, maybe you, this... I could be confusing you with someone, but um, there are lots of people that don't really like the the kind of classic Thanksgiving meal. Now, I don't mind it, so I'm fine with the turkey. Um, I like stuffing. You're definitely not. You're definitely not referring to me there. By Is the it way. not okay? For some reason, I thought I, I was love the fun. classic. Okay. Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really yeah. like smoked things, though. Oh, generally. okay. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know about you. No, okay. I, I just like a good old fashioned roasted. Okay. Turkey. Yeah. I'm a mm. white meat kind of a guy. Mm. I mean, I'll I'll eat dark meat, but mm-hmm. what I really my I'm really basic. I want white meat. I want mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I want gravy. And I want stuffing. Mm-hmm. Just that's pretty much it. I mean, I you know I'll take some sort of like vegetable on the side. Although you know, green bean casserole maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I kind of just prefer regular green beans to be honest. Yeah. Um, I like the green bean casserole because I feel like you just do it like once a year. And then with our stuffings, we do stuffings. So we make them um, into kind of individual like muffins. So it's like you can, everyone can kind of just like grab a stuffing. Stuffing muffins. It's, it's a stuffing. Yeah. I've never heard of that yeah, before. Yeah. Well, I'll have to like save you one or something. But yeah, so we've we've kind of adopted this in the past couple of years and um it's worked out so well. if you're so the one who that. makes the the mm-hmm. stuffins are mm-hmm. you doc mcstuffins <laughs> sure something like that yep only on thanksgiving though i'm only doc doc mcstuffins on thanksgiving <laughs> once a year <laughs> <laughs> once a year and i will say i am one of the fans that loves the um 
like my mom does this really good uh, kind of like a cranberry salad, but I also really love just having the sliced jelly cranberry that like jiggles out of a can. Like that yeah, is, I, I actually love do that. like that too. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And that one's a lot sweeter than if like mm-hmm. you, it, like sometimes you get homemade cranberry mm-hmm. sauce and it's like pretty sour. Yeah. You know, cause, yeah. cause who knew cranberries are actually kind of sour. Yep. So unless you like process it and sh- shove a, bunch of sugar into it it's mm-hmm. uh it's kind of yep. a more bitter it's a side. little tardy yeah it's tardy um, yeah yeah so i just don't be late don't be tardy for dinner exactly That's... no you don't you don't want to do that um so yeah now do you how where do you go um with the dessert are you like a pie fan or how yeah do do i mean that? i i don't need a like i don't need a ton of pie like the rest of the year but mm-hmm. i feel like thanksgiving is like definitely definitely a pie mm-hmm holiday you know what it i mean is, so yeah. i i like pumpkin pie uh yeah. with a little bit of whipped cream on mm-hmm. top that's mm-hmm. that's that's my jam yeah. i mean i'll go with apple pie too that's fine but yeah. i would choose pumpkin uh between the two i think how about yeah, you same i yeah i it's 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 thanksgiving you have to have like a pumpkin pie but um yeah. we also had like a like a rum there's also a family kind of rum pecan pie and it's very very rummy to the point where it's like you get drunk off dessert yeah it's like if you if if it sits in the refrigerator for like the next day it's like you open it up and it's like like it is so rummy um (laughs) it's just something that kind of just gets boozier you know uh the longer it sits there so um but that's also kind of we enjoy doing that as well so those are kind of the good two i could see enjoying that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but I also love the fact. I mean, like I said, I, I'm just a I'm just a turkey mm-hmm. guy, and I love the fact. Like I hate. I'm not a big fan of like processed turkey mm-hmm. deli meat and mm-hmm. stuff. So like I'll eat that sometimes for lunch just because it's easy. But uh, like roasted turkey like makes such great sandwiches for like a week or two yeah. after Thanksgiving. So that like that's really a big highlight for me. It's just give me like some turkey on white bread with mm-hmm. like. Must spicy mustard and salt, and that's really all yeah, I need. I can eat that for like a month, you know. I know I agree with that, and it's like always. It's always great the next day, and we sometimes will also take the extra turkey and do turkey chili, which is actually mm. good too. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. interesting. I've had turkey chili for Super Bowl parties, but I've never yep. uh, taken leftover turkey from Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an interesting. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. There you go. Sometime. There you go. Yep. Well, how about football? We get three football games yep. on Thanksgiving, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not always. It used to just be two, two. but then they upgraded to a third. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What was that a few I, years ago? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the only problem is on Thanksgiving, if you're with a bunch of family who aren't football fans, then they're yeah. like, why are you watching so much football? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. the parents and peanuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to watch football. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually the first game is okay because that starts at twelve thirty. So, like that one will be before dinner. The real problem is the game during dinner because mm-hmm. you have an early Thanksgiving dinner usually. Like that's what we do anyway. So. It, yeah. it probably dinner probably starts around like five or something, which is just where that second game is getting mm-hmm. started. Uh, well, the problem though this year is that first game. I don't know how good that one's going to be. Yeah, well, let's. Why don't we jump into it? There, that was a great segue, Lauren. Well done. Uh, it is, you know, the Lions always get a Thanksgiving game, whether yeah. they deserve one or not. This is like their one prime time game of the season because. Uh, 
I don't know. They probably get put on Thursday Night Football like five times because mm-hmm. Thursday Night Football always has bad teams. But uh, this is like this is like their Super Bowl right here. I, I, you know, they're facing their rival Bears yep. uh, on Thanksgiving at home at Ford Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Over under is forty one and a half, and the Bears, of course, are favored by three and a half points. Uh, it looks like it's going to be an Andy Dalton game here. And possibly uh, Justin Tim Fields Boyle. Is, well, possibly. I, it sounds like it may be, uh, may be Goff? Jared Goff making it back after all. We'll see. Okay. Again, we're recording on Tuesday here, but uh, yep. Goff got in a limited practice on Monday. So okay. uh, there's a chance he plays. But what are you looking for fantasy-wise in this thrilling contest? <sighs> this thrilling – well, you know, I guess kind of starting with, with Detroit here – uh, it's always kind of, you know, DeAndre Swift and, and Hawkinson. The problem is, you know, this lack of offense, you know, with Detroit is just, it's really, I think, kind of tanked Hawkinson's value, fantasy value. Um, Swift has been okay, you know, but I think that, uh, you know, you're always playing TJ Hawkinson, but it's just, it's these, you just don't really always know what, what you're going to get. You're going to get a ton of targets, but, you know, he hasn't scored a touchdown since, you know, week two. So, um, yeah. You know, and the Bears that. give up the second fewest uh, yep. fantasy points. They're tough against tight, tight ends. ends. Yeah. So I actually am interested, though, in seeing, uh, you know, Josh Reynolds played for the first time last week. Um, and he led the team in snaps. And um, I kind of commented about this uh, in our previous podcast. But, you know, Josh Reynolds and, and Jared Goff, you know, they played together in L.A. And I'm kind of curious to see... Um, you know, if if there's kind of an old connection there and if he just becomes kind of the, the lead wide receiver there. Now, I don't know what that necessarily means in, in a lot of fantasy points, but I think it's interesting uh, to see. And if there's something that kind of comes of that, it might be a nice little perk for the Lions, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think Reynolds is definitely only like a deep league guy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played 90% of the snaps uh, last week, which was the most of any Detroit wide receiver. So he, and that was his first game. Mm -hmm. So uh, he didn't catch any passes. He had three targets, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Goff being back, I think you're right. would be a big boost uh, to Reynolds as, you know, maybe a deeper league flex Mm -hmm. option. Um, And then we just kind of see where it goes from there, I guess. Uh, And then on the Chicago side, you know, uh, Andy Dalton got that offense going last week. So, uh, I you know I don't think Allen Robinson's going to play in this game. I don't know for sure, but um, I think that um, Darnell Mooney is coming off a breakout week. Yeah. Um, and with Dalton throwing him the ball, I kind of feel like Mooney is. Uh, it's a great matchup, of course, against Detroit. Uh, he seems like a like bona fide uh, wide receiver too this week. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is you know it's it's Detroit. It's a great matchup, and. Um... Yeah, I, th- I think you can be excited about uh, uh, playing Mooney this week for sure. Yeah, and then, of course, David Montgomery has just jumped right back into bell cow duties immediately, mm-hmm. um, which makes him really an every week uh, RB2 at worst. And, mm-hmm. I mean, against Detroit, maybe he's even an RB1. I mean, they've given up the third most adjusted fantasy points to running backs Uh and it, you would think the game flow will also be in Chicago's yeah. favor here. Yeah. Um, this could just be a heavy, uh, heavy dose of David Montgomery, uh, you know, at the Thanksgiving uh, yeah. table this week. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And, and then what about Andy Dalton? Uh, you know, I, we talked about him on the waiver wire show. I, I, I feel like he's 
he's a reasonable uh, streamer if you don't have a, a, a great quarterback option. I mean, I probably I haven't done my rankings yet, but I guess he'll fin- he'll be somewhere in that like QB fifteen to twenty range probably. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I haven't done my rankings either, but fifteen stood out in my head. Just yeah, not looking at everyone else at this point, but yeah. I think it's 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 he could definitely uh, he's he's absolutely streamable this week. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the second Thanksgiving game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is a little uh, better in terms of the quality of teams, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, the, the Raiders, Raiders. Yep. at the Cowboys. <laughs> now the Cowboys that doesn't roll off. It's not like the Chargers. The Cowboys. <laughs> no, no, no. The Cowboys sounds like you're, you can have like. Like cough up a hairball, like the cowboys. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) want to be a cowboy, baby. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, like no, that doesn't work as well. Yeah, it's a little kid rocky (laughs) for me. Um. Uh. So anyway, fifty-one over under. That's a healthy, healthy number right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cowboys are favored by seven. Uh, We know Amari Cooper is not going to play in this Mm -hmm. game. We don't know as of here on. We sit on Tuesday at noon. Mm -hmm. uh, The status of cd lamb it seemed unlikely he would play but then uh the cowboys seem to be talking up his chances of maybe clearing the concussion protocol quickly but that will have to be determined by an independent uh physician so Mm -hmm. um i i kind of feel like michael gallup though even if cd lamb plays i think michael gallup has to be considered a pretty decent starting option uh i mean this is a tough matchup vegas has been pretty tough against the pass all season but uh there's still a lot of potential with that Cowboys passing game I mean last week was bad but uh I'm not giving up hope on Dak Prescott uh you know so I think I think Gallup is a guy that I'll probably have in my starting lineups uh for this Thanksgiving game I think for sure and I think um you know even Dalton Schultz you know I was kind of concerned that he would lose some targets um with Gallup but he really um you know, because of the injuries, uh, he still had a really strong week last week. And uh, with Cooper out, possibly Lamb out, I really do like Gallup and Schultz um, in terms of kind of the pass catching options here in Dallas. And um, depending on if Lamb's out, I also don't really mind Cedric Wilson as kind of a plug and play this week because, uh, you know, he's playing pretty well, um, you know, when, when Gallup was out on the IR earlier this season. So, yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, any receiver getting. Uh, a lot of snaps in that Cowboys offense has got to appeal to you. And, you know, I think the fact that Vegas has it at 51 and has the Cowboys as a touchdown favorite, mm-hmm. uh, see, they seem to be confident that this offense is going to rebound mm-hmm. uh, from yeah. last week's disastrous performance against the, the Chiefs. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think we should stick with our Cowboys um, this week, whichever ones are active, that is. Um, yeah, and then, no, you know... I mean, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't looked so great lately, and he's kind of been banged up, too. Uh, So maybe, like, you know, we see a little bit more Tony Pollard this week. Um, You know, I I still think Zeke is the better play, but maybe that makes Pollard, like, a serviceable, like, flex option this Mm -hmm. week if you need one. Yeah, I feel like now this – I have no stats (laughs) to to back this up, but I always feel like uh, Zeke plays well on, like, 
on Thanksgiving for some reason. Like I, I should go back and look at this, but I feel like he's always like, this is a, this is always like a game uh, in which he shines in. So, um, well, you know, his patented thing after the, he busts off a big yeah. run, is like, feed me more, right, you know? Yeah. So that really fits with the Thanksgiving theme. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'm reading into that and that's what that is, but I swear <laughs> he does. That's um, almost as scientific <laughs> as the, like Miles Gaskin is good every other week thing. <laughs> well, it's true though. It played out again. <laughs> I know it did. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't get to talk about that because we didn't do a recap this no, week but I yes miles um, gaskin so it is true the legend it's, continues yep so what, what about vegas what do you think what are you thinking for vegas or looking out for uh, you know yeah you know i one thing i'm looking at is um josh jacobs has mm-hmm. been getting a lot more involved uh as a pass catcher since john gruden has been gone uh it hasn't really translated to big fantasy production uh quite yet but um, especially in PPR leagues, I think that's a really big thing for his fantasy value. It gives him a much higher floor if he's catching four or five passes every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like Kenyon Drake is that that pass catching back the way he was earlier in the year. It seems more like uh, Jacobs is is getting is is getting more a bigger piece of that pie to use mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving <laughs> analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that. Uh, this is not a great matchup. Um, it's a t- you know Dallas is a pretty good defense. Um, so you know I still am only going to have Jacobs as sort of a mid to low end RB two. But I do think um, this makes me that makes me a little more confident to to stick with him in this matchup. Yeah, I mean that was something I, you know I said last week. I thought actually that um, you know Kenyon Drake would be played more um, out of that out of you know in the pass catching role uh, last week. But it it was it was. Um, Jacobs and so I do think that that's probably bodes probably well for him moving forward if he's um you know kind of the primary rusher and then for whatever reason I still don't under get what they're doing with Kenyon Drake but whatever like this is what's going on and the Raiders um, rarely make logical like you can never really figure out what they're doing (laughs) yeah so but yeah I do I agree with that I think it kind of like bodes well for him moving on um and yeah I guess I would also say kind of your usual cast of characters with you know Waller and Renfro and now you have Josh Jacobs like catching passes out of the backfield so um you will see I mean I think that they'll probably and they'll probably be you know I would assume you know game script they'll probably be passing a lot so I think those are kind of your three top top guys on uh, turkey day for the Raiders yeah I mean one thing about uh Waller that is encouraging is um you know he had a good game last week and a lot of that came when uh, Deshaun Jackson was on the field. Oh, right, um, yeah. You know, I saw Dwayne McFarland had a tweet about this uh, this morning. Uh, Jackson was only in uh, a route on 30% of the Raiders' dropbacks, mm-hmm. but he demanded double coverage or help coverage on six of his 10 routes, and 40% of Waller's yardage came on those plays. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, it, having a deep threat, um, even if they're not – throwing the ball to you know that deep guy but yeah you know they needed that with Henry Ruggs gone they needed somebody to come in and run those uh deep patterns mm-hmm. uh to draw the safeties um and open up the middle of the field for Waller so it does feel like Waller is trending up um mm-hmm. based on last week's uh usage and uh is of course a top five uh tight end play this week yep 
All right, final Thanksgiving game of the week, uh, of the season, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> is the Bills <laughs> at the Saints. Uh, it's a 46.5 point over-under, so pretty low. Uh, Bills favored by 4.5. Um, sure does feel like we're going to have to see one more week of Trevor Simeon here mm-hmm. uh, against the best defense in the league. Um, of course, the, the Colts just humiliated that defense, but that might just mean they're even more motivated to – yeah. Um, shut down uh, yeah. New Orleans this week. So, I, you know, I, I don't really see a lot of offensive production coming from the Saints, although uh, I do think that um, if Alvin Kamara remains out, that Mark Ingram is uh, just – he's a must-start player regardless of matchup um, mm-hmm. in that in that situation. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think that there, there will be a ton of offense um, with the Saints – um, but you know, Traquan Smith looks to be emerging as their, their wide receiver one. And, um, it's very sad to say, but Adam Troutman, who I've been kind of tooting his horn for the past couple of weeks, he looks like he is done for rest of season. So, um, you know, Traquan Smith may get a couple more looks, but again, it's a really tough matchup. Um, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be <clears throat> super, you know, confident, but I, that's kind of what you have in in New Orleans right now. Yeah, I would give I would hard fade their entire passing mm-hmm. game uh, yeah. in this matchup. Um, so really, it's just Mark Ingram uh, or Alvin Kamara if mm-hmm. he happens to make it back, and yeah. that's that's about it. Yeah. Uh, on the Buffalo side, I mean the Saints are also a pretty good defense, um, and the Bills have been very up and down uh, mm-hmm. offensively this yeah. season, surprisingly so. Um, I mean, you're still obviously starting Josh Allen. Uh, and you're starting Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I mean, I think Dawson Knox might be the next best play mm-hmm. uh, in this offense right now. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, you know, he this was his second week, and he didn't do much in his first week, but he uh, he led in targets last week with 10. And we talked about this a little bit last week as well, where, um, you know, it's just become unclear as to who, outside of really kind of Diggs, who is going to... Uh, you know, who's going to benefit, you know, from these, from passes, you know, whether it's, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I, you know, I think that he would be number two uh, with in terms of wide receivers. But, you know, it's like right now you can't be playing Cole Beasley. He's had three down games. And, um, you know, I think that you just can't be playing him. So I, I think that you are right. You know, you have Diggs and Knox, and then I guess Sanders would be three. And then, you know, their backfield I think you generally want to avoid, but even more yeah. so, you know, they put, they they have Matt Breida who I think, you know, they only have, I mean, game script, you know, called for them to just kind of bail on the backfield in general last week. But, um, you know, he had five rushing attempts, which led the team and he was very efficient in those, those five attempts, but it's just like, you just want to be really wary of this backfield. So, um, Especially yeah, guess, against the Saints. The yeah. Saints have one of the best run defenses uh, in the league. Um, yeah. In fact, they give up the fewest fantasy points to running backs of any team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, th- I don't think I'll have any Buffalo running back ranked in my top 40 mm-hmm. running backs this week. So you, you really should be able to find a better option, even if it's like, you know, waiver wire darling, like a, you know, Tevin Coleman or Rex Burkhead or something. Yeah. I would play those guys over uh, Zach Moss or uh, Devin Singletary or Matt Breida yeah. for that matter. <laughs> I would as well. I mean, where are you, what do you think about Emmanuel Sanders? Just kind of like maybe he he's hits? been really, 
No, I mean he's been down lately. I I do think the Saints are, are actually um, vulnerable through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's uh, even Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, he's probably going to be shadowing uh, Stephon Diggs in this matchup, but he hasn't been as good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just I don't think that the passing matchup is that bad for Buffalo. Um, I just don't know exactly where, how the targets are going to get spread yeah. around. You know, I mean, I. Like Beasley, I think, has um, seen his role decline for two reasons. One is that Knox is back, but the other is just that he's been hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's had a rib injury um, that I think has limited his usage. But if he's feeling better, uh, you could see him um, get more looks in this game. Uh, So, And that would come probably at the detriment of Sanders. So Mm -hmm. they're both, to me, a little bit uh, dicey right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think you can play them as wide receiver threes. Uh, but I wouldn't feel like extremely confident about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. So moving on to Sunday's games, mm-hmm. uh, we'll start with uh, a barn burner: the Falcons <laughs> at the Jaguars. <laughs> dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the uh, something's gone wrong in the South here with this matchup. Uh, it's a. Uh, <laughs> 46 and a half over under um, Falcons are favored by one point. Um, you know, we talked about these teams a little bit on the mm-hmm. waiver wire show in terms of uh, whether, you know, neither of these teams have a great defense, but their offenses are both struggling a lot too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, James Robinson, of course, is a every week starter mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I mean, if Cordell Patterson is not back, Kyle Pitts is an every week starter mm-hmm. too, but beyond those two guys, uh, if Patterson's out, is there anyone else you would feel good about starting in this matchup? No, those are the two names that I have. It's just, it's really tough. It's really hard to trust both of these offenses right now. I mean, you can say, well, with Matt Ryan, maybe there's a track record there. He's been benched in back-to-back games, which is which yeah. is just incredible, you know. Um, yeah, has I, that ever happened in his whole I, career? I, I wonder. It's just, it's like, oh man. Um, so no, I think you're right. I mean, this I don't know that there's a ton to talk about here. I think, uh, you know, I, well, I guess I will say, like on, on kind of Jacksonville side, and we 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 touched about we touched on this um, in the waiver wire show a little bit, but uh, with Jamal Agnew out, you know, LaVisca Chenault, you know, I think maybe his profile can be raised a little yep. bit, um, you know, and, and I think that you can probably look at LaVisca Chenault and Dan Arnold as probably now the two top uh, pass catching options in this offense. Now, granted it's, uh, you know, it's a screwy offense. I think in a lot of ways, I don't, I, you know, I just, I don't always understand what's going on with kind of urban Meyer and the, and the Jaguars, but um this, you know, I, th- I think that basically his his fantasy value gets bumped up, and um, but I'm not expecting like lights out or anything, um, right. you know, production. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I think it's just tough to heart to it's it's tough to trust both of these offenses, and yeah, outside of Pitts and Robinson, mm, you're not really confident about anyone else. Yeah, we'll have to see check on Patterson's status. I mean, he's mm-hmm. obviously a must play if he's active as yeah. well, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that both Chenault and maybe Russell Gage on the Atlanta side are like wide receiver three options. They're not great ones. I would prefer Chenault over Gage, but um, I wouldn't do either with like a huge amount of confidence. And then Arnold just – I will be starting Arnold in one league Mm -hmm. um, where I have Travis Kelsey on by. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think he is still that like borderline top 12. 
uh, tight end just based on the you know projected volume that he can see. There just mm-hmm. aren't many tight ends that that can see that kind of uh, volume. No, I agree, and I will say, I mean, I don't, I haven't like seen anything other than the fact that. Calvin Ridley is eligible to return this week, but I don't know that that means that he will. I haven't, but I haven't heard anything. It's also no, early he in won't. the week. He's not okay. All right. Well, they they they, they were asked about him on Monday, and so they oh, okay. had no update on his status. So I, there's no reason okay. to think. I mean, I'm not at this point. I would say it's probably less than fifty fifty. He comes back at all this season. Yeah. So okay, but we we'll see. I mean, he'll come back when he's ready, and we hope that he, um, you know, is in a good place mentally. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Uh, but. For fantasy, yeah, I, I don't think we. I think if you've got him, you can't really. Um, you you want to stash him as long as possible, but uh, you can't really expect that he's going to be back this season. Okay. All right, another thrilling matchup: the mm-hmm. Jets, Ooh, the Texans, yeah. two and eight versus two and eight. Awesome. Something Let's, has to give. All right, looking forward to this one. <laughs> yeah, over under forty four. <clears throat> Texans favored by three. Um, we like both yeah. defenses. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um, and, and both backfields are kind of interesting. Yeah, I they mean, are. it's, uh, Rex Burkhead and David Johnson going against the best <laughs> matchup for running backs. It's like another year. And then year. you've got mm-hmm. Michael Carter out two to three weeks. So yep. it's the, uh, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, it's are these guys era. all just kind of RB3 potential I th- options? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that they, they all have great matchups here. They all have it just in terms of kind of situational plays. I think, yeah, I, you know, I think that depending if you need a plug and play or, um, I, you know, I'm kind of fine rolling with these guys, honestly. Um, all right. Rank them, rank them one to four, those four guys, which for fantasy viability, because um, these guys are pretty widely available in fantasy league. So yeah. people could realistically pick these guys up and put them right into their lineup if they have. To. I think that I would do, um, I think I would go, uh, Rex, um, Coleman and Johnson. Um, wait, who's the fourth? Oh. Uh, David Johnson. Oh, well, he's going to be number four for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's number four for me too. I would go Rex, Ty, Tevin, mm. D- David okay. Johnson. Right. Yeah, but none of these guys are going to be top twenty options. No. Um, maybe Ty Johnson and Rex Burkhead could sneak into my top twenty-five. It just kind of depends. I have to look at what other matchups running backs have, but mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much the ceiling for those guys. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what about the passing games here? Um, uh, probably going to be <clears throat> another star for Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, we we can't we can't talk about the Jets without talking about Elijah Moore, right? I mean, I think right. that. He's kind of a must-start from here on out, and um, you know he's scored four touchdowns in the past three games, and I think that he he's he's the, one of the top dogs right now. I think this is now he's you know he's good he's good to go. I like him. I don't know. I mean, would you do you like him better than Corey Davis? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's uh, it's not a slam dunk because Davis still did play a little bit more uh, snaps than uh more did last week but the but it was much closer Mm -hmm. than it had been in previous weeks um i'm just pulling it up now uh last week davis played 78 percent of the snaps and more played 67 percent. the previous week it was 84 percent for davis and 56 for more so you can see it trending in the right direction Mm -hmm. crowder also saw his snaps uh cut last week so it's possible that 
um, it's Davis and Moore in the two wide sets now, whereas mm-hmm. like the previous week it was mostly Davis and Crowder in the two wide sets. Um, so that's a big thing because this game is probably not going to be like uh, a situation where the Jets are down 20 points and need to like run three wide all the right. time to try to come back, you know. So um, for that reason, I, I you know, I think being on the field in those two receiver sets is important for more. But he's just done so much for, with so little. I mean, he doesn't – he's one of those players that's so talented. He doesn't need to be on the field 90% of the snaps or getting, you know – 10 targets a week to put up big numbers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think you start. I mean, this is a great matchup, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely start Elijah Moore. Yeah. And, then, you know, I know that we always talk about Brandon Cooks as kind of being, you know, the guy you always start. But I actually was looking at some of his numbers. And, you know, in the past Gross. seven weeks, yeah. yeah, he only has two games with more than kind of 10 fantasy points based off of kind of half PPR scoring. And now, you know, so – I mean, he is definitely, I think, the guy in that offense. But, um, it, you know, it just I, he just hasn't had uh, some great games recently. Um, yeah, I, I still think I still think you start him because he is one of these guys that that can go off, and there isn't a lot of options there. Um, and this is a good matchup, so I, I'm still starting him this week. Um, but it's just something to kind of think about because I do think that we kind of gloss over and we're like, it's always Cooks and no one else. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we, you're right. Cooking, it's, it you deserves know? our attention. Yeah. I, I will say, though, last week was bad. But, mm-hmm. I mean, part of that was that they shockingly got off to this mm-hmm. big lead and just didn't have to throw the ball much. Right. Um, but, you know, that was before the bye, the week 10 bye, he had 13 targets in week nine. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and in week eight, he caught six balls for 83 and a touchdown. So, and that was against the Rams. Right. So, you know, he's, he has uh, double digit targets four games mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, he gets a volume. Um, yeah. I mean, I still think he's, 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 you know, that quintessential like wide receiver three in bad matchups, like low end wide receiver two in good matchups. Mm-hmm. And this is a good matchup. So yeah. I, you know, I, I think he'll probably sneak into my top 24 receivers just barely. Yeah, and you shouldn't be surprised if he goes off. It's just, you know, again, like you said, he's getting the volume. It just isn't always translating kind of in his fantasy stat line. So, but he's. Yeah, I'm also not sure that Tyrod Taylor being the QB is great news for for Cooks either because Tyrod is not really a volume passer. Right. Yeah. All right, moving on. Mm Uh, let's let's talk about some good teams, shall we? All right. Tennessee at New England. Uh, mm-hmm. Over under is low, forty four and a half. Patriots favored by five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Titans. Everything went haywire for them last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched, and I think they're pretty similar. Uh, they're both teams that are you know good, very good defensively. I think at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand why the over-under is low. I mean, I understand why the Patriots are favored because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know. I'm not seeing, like, a ton of fantasy production here, especially from Tennessee. I mean, it looks like A.J. Brown is banged up yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, their running game is just kind of a mess, and the Patriots' defense is running on all cylinders right now. Yeah. So uh, I kind of am just taking a pass on Tennessee this week unless A.J. Brown suits up. I'm with you on that. I just, I don't, uh, you know, I think especially kind of coming off last week and there are just so many question marks, like you said, you know, with, uh, in both aspects with, with the running, running backs and the wide receivers that it's just, there's no one here offensively that 
I think you're really kind of excited about outside of Brown. And, you know, this is a tough matchup. And New England is really great at shutting down your number one um, yep. option. So it's just even even less, you know, exciting. Because you know they're going to zero in on Brown if, if Brown's playing. And um, so, yeah, I don't like a whole lot on Tennessee's side. And um, I don't Do you know, like guess, anyone on New England's side either? It's, I do, not, well, you it's know, not great either. It's not, but you know what? I... I do, I think the Patriots, you know, they've quietly been taking care of business, right? You know, they've won their last five games, um, and they're just, you know, Mac Jones, you know, he's not someone that you really start outside of two quarterback leagues, but he, I don't know, they've been able to win these games. And, um, you know, no, I mean, I'm not super excited. There's not a lot of offense, you know, with, with New England, but... And now you've got the backfield that looks like it's going to be evenly split, you know, between. Yeah, and the Harris Titans are not a good matchup for running backs. Yeah, either. so I'm not. No, I think this will be a low-scoring game, but I do like. I think that they're. I like the Patriots in this one. I know we don't really usually comment on you know who's going to win, but I think they quietly have been just taking care of business, and I think they will do the same at home this week, even though it may not. There may not be a ton of offense. Yeah, I mean, I think both uh, both defenses are decent fantasy options, mm-hmm. particularly the Patriots. But uh, I don't hate playing the Titans defense either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of the skill position players, the best, the most clear cut fantasy option is probably Hunter Henry mm-hmm. uh, at this point, mm-hmm. um, just because you know he is a key cog in their passing game, and there aren't that many tight ends that you can say that for, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns this season. So okay. uh, I think he's the top 12 tight end just about every week right now. I agree. Um, and, uh, you know, the Patriots have been running the ball extremely well. Mm-hmm. So it's a bad matchup. You're going to see a pretty even split between Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. But I still think just because they're such a good running team and they are, like you said, probably going to be winning this game, probably playing with a lead, They'll probably try to run the ball a whole lot in this game if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, this is also Bill Belichick versus Mike Vrabel, so that's a big oh, thing. Yeah. I mean, these yeah, guys yeah. really know each other mm-hmm. well, know, know each other's tendencies yeah. well. Um, so I don't expect to see a lot of um, risk-taking here in this game. I think both teams are going to play it pretty conservatively, pretty by the, uh, you know by mm-hmm. close to the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think Harris and Stevenson are both – they're like more RB3s to me than RB2s for sure. Um, but, you know, I don't hate starting them just because they're both so good and this running game has just been very potent this season. It kind of feels like a little Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams to me. You know, I just think that it's something that's like, it's going to be this kind of like even uh, split. And, um, but they both can, you know, I think that because it will be, like you said, I think so maybe uh, more run heavy this week. I think that. Um, I think you, you can you can still play them, and some someone's going to score, you know. So, um, yeah, I, and I it would be like, like yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be really hard to like justify starting like Rex Burkhead or Ty Johnson over Damian Harris, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that's yeah. just like Damian Harris. If you have him, you've been riding him all season. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so even if I might end up ranking one of those guys a little bit ahead of him, I if I was my team, it would just be a hard pill for me to swallow mm-hmm. to do that yeah yeah all right moving on to an nfc east battle the eagles and the giants uh 
Over under 46 and a half. Mm-hmm. Eagles favored by three and a half. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I you know, I, I mentioned last week I traded for Jalen Hurts, and he just he looked really good yeah. last week. I, I'm very impressed with Jalen Hurts right now. Um, fantasy Jalen Hurts or also real-life real fantasy? I thought, I mean, I thought he played well. Yeah. I You know, I think that, like, he's um, – they have a very easy remaining schedule. Yep. So in terms of real-life Jalen Hurts, I think – He's going to win these games, I think, and I think he could very easily ride that into, you know, these narratives change so quickly just based on wins and losses. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Philadelphia goes on this big run to end this season and they get the Giants twice, they get the Washington yep. football team twice, they get the Jets. I mean, this is a very easy mm-hmm. remaining schedule. So this team could still make the playoffs potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and I think that uh, that's going to change the narrative on Jalen Hurts, even though he's kind of still the same player for the most part. But um, but in terms of fantasy, I mean, he's just been as consistent a QB1 as any quarterback in the league this season. I mean, he has um, – I don't think he's had a, a, a game where he finished outside of the top 12 quarterbacks except games where he didn't play the full four quarters. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's just – fantasy gold right there you know what i mean and he still has the ceiling too so he's got the floor and the ceiling uh this is a great matchup i mean they're gonna probably run the ball a lot in this one um so you gotta like miles sanders you gotta like boston scott Mm -hmm. even um but i i mean to me jalen hurts is locked in as a top 10 quarterback every week at this point i agree i mean depending on i i think moving forward like you referenced his schedule I mean, he. I think he's definitely probably a top eight. Could push into top five, de- depending on you know, kind of you know, other matchups of other quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, his floor is so high right now, and um, he just again, we've we talked about it before with his kind of mobility. It's just, and now that they've they've been so run heavy, and he's you know obviously a part of that. It's just it's worked out well, and it's man, this upcoming schedule looks so good for them, you know. So. Um, and good for his value. So I think it's good. I think that they will, um, it's, it also this week, they're going to have a great week, I think, you know, and it, it will be this backfield and, you know, they're really kind of only two pass catchers. I feel like, uh, you know, with the Eagles with, um, you know, Devonta Smith and, and Dallas Goddard and, you know, Goddard just signed, you know, a new contract. So he's, uh, I think, I think it's a four year, uh, deal. I mean, this is, you know, he's, I think, set up also for the rest of the season um, to be, you know, I think he's going to be like one of the top tight ends uh, moving forward this this season, uh, also based on the schedule. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I like this, this Eagles team right now, and I like it this week. Um, I can't really say the same about um, the Giants, you know. I mean, talk <laughs> about kind of two kind of teams on kind of opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, it's, you know, uh, I guess the good thing for the Giants, I'll start out, you know, with positive note, is that we we did see, um, I was going to say Charles Bar- Barkley <laughs> back this <laughs> week. But, That's terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible, uh, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, Saquon Barkley is back this week. And I think that, you know, there's been so many injuries, you know, in New York with, with their right wide receivers and, I, I don't know. I guess the one good thing is that Barkley is back and maybe that will open up, uh, you know, the offense a little bit. But when I say the offense, I don't know who I'm talking about exactly. But um, Evan Ingram, right? Evan, well, this week, yes. You know, <laughs> I do like Evan Ingram this week. But, um, yeah, I don't – there's – 
this this offense, this Giants offense, just is really tough to to kind of back and trust. I think in terms of fantasy and um, you know just moving forward, it just doesn't look very pretty to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess the real question I have is, um, what's up with Saquon's like snap share? Is it going to mm-hmm. keep trending up, mm-hmm. or are they going to kind of take it a little easier on him to try to keep him healthy? Because mm-hmm. uh, in his first game back on Monday night, he played sixty-two percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Booker played thirty-six percent. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think that that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That kind of a split, if they want to try to keep Barkley healthy. I mean, even in that game last night. Uh, he came off the field at one point, and it looked like he was favoring his ankle. And, uh, you know, everyone was like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he turned out to be okay, which is good news for the Giants. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be wise for them to to kind of take it a little easier on him. And Booker has played very well uh, in his absence. So I don't think they, uh, you know, I don't. they obviously lose something because Barkley is a rare talent. But... Uh, Booker is a very solid second back, and uh, so we'll I'll be keeping an eye on that to see if they yeah. go back to using Saquon at like eighty to ninety percent snaps or not, or or keep it more as a two to one kind of split. You know? Yeah, I think that's something to watch, and I do think that just in terms of kind of fantasy, if you had, uh, you know, a fantasy manager who rostered Devontae Booker and just you know dropped him because it's like oh Saquon's back, like. You know, I may not, you know, need Booker. I would say, you know, you should absolutely hold on to Booker and um, just kind of see yep. where this is going. And if if he was dropped in your league, you know, pick him up because even if it is, um, you know, a split, I think that uh, he's just Booker's been so so good. You know, so something to keep in mind. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's one of the higher upside handcuffs. I mean, because we've mm-hmm. already seen it when Barkley was out. I mean, he was like an every week RB2 while Barkley was out, you know? Right. So those kind of players shouldn't be floating around on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eagles, I, you know, I like the Eagles defense in this game as a streamer, yeah. uh, but they, they are a lot more vulnerable on the ground than through the air. So uh, I'm taking a pass on all the Giants pass catchers, uh, mm-hmm. which as we know is a huge headache each week. Who's going to be active mm-hmm. and who's going to get targets. Yeah. Just don't bother with it. In my opinion, don't bother with Daniel Jones. Uh, or any of those wide receivers, um, you know, Sterling Shepard would be my favorite if he's if he can get cleared, but that's very much up in the air. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's really you know Barkley has a good matchup. So even if he's only playing like sixty five percent of the snaps, he's going to be probably like a high end RB two this week, I would say. All right, let's move on to the next matchup, which is the. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a AFC North battle here over under 45.5 uh, Bengals are favored by three and a half. Uh, so this looks shapes up as maybe another fairly low scoring game. Um, the, the Steelers are dealing with a whole lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball though. So um, do you think maybe this is a game uh, where that uh, Cincinnati passing game uh, can get going? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, they came out of their bye. I thought that they kind of have a, a bigger day than what they had, like, last week. But, um, yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, last time these two saw each other, I believe it was, like, in week three, um, uh, you know, they, they, they played well. Burrow and crew played well. So I kind of expect more of a return to normal this week for their regular um, – uh, players, you know, with, with their receivers, whether it's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, 
um, and you know certainly um, you know Joe Mixon. Um, I don't know how do you see how do you see the game playing out? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of discussion uh, on social media about T. Higgins in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has just not been scoring touchdowns, so uh, right. but he's getting a lot of air yards and a lot of targets. Uh, so you would mm-hmm. think that eventually that he's going to get positive regression. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just traded for him in a league. So I, I'm still bullish on the idea that he can be a wide receiver too going forward. Um, you know, this isn't uh, your grandpappy Steelers defense. I mean, they've they've <laughs> actually given up the uh, fifth most fantasy points uh, to opposing wide receivers, the fifth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks as well. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe this can be a game where – uh, Burrow can have one of his better games and uh, Higgins can can get back on track. And of course, um, there's always the potential for a Jamar Chase uh, blow up game and he's got to be in lineups every single week. So, um, right. yeah, I'm probably not starting a Tyler Boyd. Or, you know, it's not like that gung ho, mm-hmm. but uh, but I definitely um, don't mind sticking with uh, Burrow and Higgins. And of course, you're always playing Chase. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then. You know, Joe Mixon as well. I just, you know, I think he, uh, it's, this isn't necessarily the greatest matchup for him, but, um, Mm -hmm. he's just, he's just, uh, every week RB1 at this point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about on the Pittsburgh side? What do you see there? Um, I think that we, you know, you kind of always see it's, you know, Deontay Johnson, um, and, you know, I think that, you know, Najee Harris. Uh, I think that you know we saw Claypool return um, last week. Um, I don't. Do you do you sense one of a, a big Claypool game this game this uh, game? Because I know you've been calling him out. Do you think this is this is this is one of the games where he goes off? Well, it's always hard to predict when a Claypool game is coming. But uh, mm-hmm. he actually, uh, I believe, he was pretty good uh, last week. He had five catches for ninety three yards in a very tough matchup uh, with the Chargers. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Claypool is, uh, is certainly trending up again, and we know that he's always capable mm-hmm. uh, of having a big game. So, um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I still generally, when people ask me, I was just asked a lineup question about Claypool, and generally speaking, when I am asked about him, I, I recommend that people start him. So, um, you know, I think uh, Cincinnati is not a bad matchup um, at all. So... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three in that in that territory. Yeah, I think so. Too. Um, and of course, Deontay Johnson, you're always starting. Najee Harris, uh, you're always starting. And Fryermuth, even though uh, his snaps are down some, I still think he's mm-hmm. probably sneaks into that top twelve tight ends. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Next matchup is Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. This one's gotten over under over fifty at fifty one. Hooray! Uh, yep. Bucks are favored by two and a half. Um, Colts, of course, coming off of a uh, big victory, and yep. uh, Tampa Bay, of course, taking care of business on Monday night as well. Uh, two very good teams. Uh, both uh, need this win pretty uh, badly. Uh, what do you see fantasy wise happening here? Well, I think we'll see a little bit more Wentz than we did last week, right? I mean, all he had to do last week was just hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. And I think that even though Jonathan Taylor is a force to be reckoned with, I do think that they're going to have to try and pass the ball more. So, um, you know, I actually like Wentz this week. I think that um, I like him as a streamer this week. Um, Of course, you know, then talking about Jonathan Taylor, you always, you know, he's still a top 
you know, RB, even though, um, you know, this is more of a difficult matchup. But I think, I don't know, do you think he's completely, do you think he's matchup proof at this point, Jonathan Taylor? Oh, yeah, he absolutely yeah. is. I mean, yeah. if he could uh, do what he did last week, then mm-hmm. that removes any doubt. I mean, if he can run against Buffalo, then he can run against yeah. Tampa Bay. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's a, he's right there with McCaffrey in terms of mm-hmm. every week. You gotta, you gotta start him. You gotta, you gotta play him. You gotta start him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that Wentz, Wentz will see a kind of bump up in numbers as well as you know Michael Pittman Jr. this week. Um, I like the matchup uh, for him. Um, you know, and then with you know Tampa Bay, I feel like it's you know kind of your usuals. You know, Gronk was back last week. Um, and while he didn't score a touchdown, he still he still had volume. I think he saw he had six targets. I think he looked really um, good too. Yeah, yeah, looked very healthy. Yeah, and it and it's funny because I think that he he'd kind of been talking about is he going to come back this week this week and I think they brought him back you know just when he needed to come back and yeah you're right he looked really really good so um, you know I think in terms of you know receivers for Tom Brady you know you, you have Gronk and then I think you know it's always you know Godwin and, and Evans and those two were kind of identical you know last week uh, in terms of their fantasy stat lines um, uh, with Tampa Bay so um, yeah I, I you know I, I guess it's just kind of usuals for me uh, this week on both sides of the ball um, you know I guess going back to Tampa Bay real quickly um, you know I know that they had you know Ronald Jones was Ronald Jones got a touchdown, but I don't know that I would really buy into that. I still think that this is kind of Leonard Leonard Fournette's uh, a backfield, and I think that he'll still continue to be used as he has been previously uh, in this game as well. Yeah, I mean, Arians did talk about he wanted to get Ronald Jones a little bit more involved, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's what we saw in that matchup. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think there's any question that uh, it's still Fournette is clearly the the top back in the backfield. If anything, I think. Jones's increase in snaps come at the expense of Gio Bernard. Um, right, yeah. So, I mean, because, you know, Fournette played uh, 59% of the snaps, and he had been playing about 60 most weeks, so it didn't really change much for him. It's just uh, Bernard had been getting around 20%, and that, that 20% went to uh, t- went to Jones last week. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's more the thing to keep an eye on. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that Fournette is still – a very strong play most weeks, although this is a tough matchup. Uh, the Colts mm-hmm. have been very tough on running backs. They are much uh, more uh, appealing matchup uh, for the passing game. So uh, I would expect um, Mike Evans and uh, and Chris Godwin and Gronk and Brady to all be uh, really strong plays uh, this week. There should be a lot of points scored in this game, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to... Carolina at Miami uh, over under on this one's quite low at 42 and a half um, Carolina favored by a point. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey is back as the RB one in all fantasy football. Uh, the, that Dolphins defense has uh, improved over the course of the season, but uh, there's still not a shy away matchup um, for running backs, uh, even if they're not, as juicy a matchup as they might have been earlier in the year. Uh, but it also right. just doesn't really matter with McCaffrey. He's matchup proof. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he does so much damage through the air as a receiver. I mean, he's a pretty good bet to reach 150 scrimmage yards every every week, um, regardless of opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Cam Newton on the waiver wire show. Um, you know, he's very much trending up towards uh, 
you know, QB one status and uh, just the way that he uh, is a threat to take call his own number at the goal line uh, puts him in that kind of borderline QB one territory uh, for mm-hmm. this week and every week going forward, really. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think that Cam Newton, you know, should have another good day. And it's, you know, still kind of a wait and see to see, you know, how much or if he elevates, you know, uh, DJ Moore's game or Robbie Anderson to a lesser extent. Um, you know, um, I do like kind of DJ. I mean, this is a good, I think, fantasy uh, matchup for Cam Newton uh, and crew. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I like DJ Moore. I like uh, McCaffrey. Um and I think that they're all like top top. I'm I'm totally fine playing you know all of these guys this week. Yeah, um, the Dolphins have really struggled against opposing wide receivers. They've given up uh, the second most adjusted fantasy points to wideouts. So uh, maybe this mm-hmm. is a a big DJ Moore week. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on the Miami side, I mean, Miles Gaskin is getting that bell cow usage right now and last week paid off but you know we have been talking about the every other week thing uh and this (laughs) is a tough matchup so maybe maybe he's gonna disappoint this week Mm -hmm. i well i I think i'm not even gonna uh think too much into it because i've totally bought into this uh roller coaster week and if we're you know if it's worked through 11 weeks i think it'll work through 12 so i think this is a down week for um for miles gaskin um and i think that you know as always, I think with, um, you know, Miami, I just think there's such a reliance um, on Mike Gusecki and, and Jalen Waddell. And uh, there isn't a lot of, um, I think, offense to go anywhere else on that team. It just That's just how it's been for much of the season. Yeah, I agree. It's a tough matchup, but, uh, you know, those guys just see enough volume that yeah. you can probably stick with them. Uh, all right, Chargers at the Broncos. Over under is forty seven. The Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers are favored by two and a half points in this game. Uh, we know we know by this point well about what the Chargers defense does. They take away the pass mm-hmm. uh, and they give up the run. So um, you know, someone asked me a start sit question that involved Javante Williams and Jerry Judy, and I told them I would rather play Williams than Judy this week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I would take a pass on the on the Denver wide receivers uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, but I, I'm okay starting both of their running backs uh, as RB3s in this matchup, maybe even borderline RB2s. I agree with this, that. I mean, I would say, you know, I know that this is, um, you know, run funnel defense, like you said, but um, – they are. They have been very generous to tight ends, though, and uh, Noah Fant uh, is a part of this offense, a cog in this offense, and uh, they're just behind Philadelphia in terms of favorability favorability for the tight end position. So I actually do kind of like uh, Noah Fant this week uh, because I think it will be uh, you know tough to throw the ball, but they're going to have to at some point, and I think that he gets a lot of targets in this one. Yeah, that makes sense. I can definitely see that. Um, and then on the uh, Chargers side of the ball, you know, I mean, Austin mm-hmm. Eckler is on a – he is he's into fantasy himself, and he, uh, he's he got him on his own team, so he probably won his matchups last week uh, <laughs> with those four touchdowns. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just an every-week starter. Um, this Denver defense in general has kind of uh, trended down this, this season um, as the season's gone along. I mean, they mm-hmm. traded Von Miller away, and they've had a lot of injuries – uh, so they're really not a, a matchup you have to shy away from too much at this point, I would say. Um, you know, they have been good against opposing quarterbacks, but uh, Justin Herbert, I think, is a good enough QB that 
uh, he can still succeed even in, in uh, Denver, uh, which is not an easy place to play. Um, so he'll probably be on the low end of my top 12 QBs, but I don't think mm-hmm. I would take him out of my top 12. Um, no, I think he's, yeah, I think that he's still in there. And I think, you know, I said, I felt like the chargers had been a little bit off recently and, um, but you know, it's like last week, everyone kind of chipped in, you know, I mean, everyone on that fantasy team, um, you know, had a, had a pretty good, uh, day fantasy wise. Um, so, um, you know, I, I kind of like him in this defense. Um, but yeah, as I think, you know, Herbert is kind of more of a back end uh, QB one, but I think, you know, we know who the Chargers are at this point and who's, who's going to operate. And um, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of the usual cast of characters to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, the big thing, of course, is that Keenan Allen has really um, asserted his dominance over the mm-hmm. target share um, in, in this receiving core. I mean, Mike Williams had a long touchdown catch last week, but uh, he's seeing like less than half the number of targets of Keenan Allen mm-hmm. um, over the last month. So, uh, you know. Mike Williams is back to being that very boomer bust uh, kind of mm-hmm. wide receiver two slash three, um, whereas uh, Keenan Allen is locked in as a low end wide receiver one at this point, yeah. seeing double digit targets every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Minnesota at San Francisco. Over under a forty eight and a half. Uh, San Francisco is favored by three. Um, what do you see here? Well, with Minnesota, I always feel, you know, we always talk about this kind of a similar cast of characters here where it's just, you know, it's it's Dalvin Cook, you know, and, uh, you know, Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson uh, with a little bit of Conklin sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't you know. know they've, one they've... interesting thing there, though, is um, that uh, Alexander Madison has yep. been playing a little bit more lately. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but. It does seem like they're, you know, taking a few snaps away from Cook towards Madison, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that really changes anything. I mean, Cook is still top five uh, fantasy back, and Madison is not getting enough uh, to be flex worthy. So, big picture, not not a whole lot changing there. Yeah, no, and I think it's probably kind of trying to keep him fresh, you know, um, kind of moving forward, and um, and it makes sense, you know. But yeah, I think that this Minnesota offense has had a, a couple of really strong games. I think games that I was like, eh, I thought that they would be kind of more lower lower scoring, but yeah, I mean Jefferson just like really popped off, uh, you know, last week, and um, you know, Kirk Cousin just I think, um, you know, I he. I sometimes always think that he's, you know, he kind of had this period where he started off really well and then kind of had a um, kind of a kind of a kind of peak and valley. He was kind of had a poor couple of games. And uh, but, you know, the past three games, he's he's been pretty solid. And um, I think it'll be a, a tougher matchup because it's at San Francisco. But um, I think that, you know, he'll they'll have they'll all kind of have a have a good day. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Cousins is just – it's so weird because it's like you watch him play and he doesn't look very good, but he just always seems to put up fantasy stats, and he's mm-hmm. been doing this for his whole career, you know. So uh, I think we just have to accept that he is what he is and uh, not get fooled by what we see with our own eyes because, uh, <laughs> you know, the reality is he he's, he finds a way somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, Minnesota is—it's not the greatest matchup for them, but um, you know, you're rolling with those wide receivers, of course, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you can consider streaming uh, Cousins and Conklin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then with San Francisco, I mean, we, it, it, you know, again, we're recording on Tuesday, so we'll have to see what Elijah Mitchell's status is um, because uh, we saw, you know, with Jeff Wilson, I mean, he basically stepped into Mitchell's role mm-hmm. and Trey Sermon played the complementary role. Uh, I think if Mitchell's back, then we'll see him be that lead guy and Wilson will be the complimentary role. So, you know, you don't I think, think whoever... it'll just be Mitchell and Debo. <laughs> as, <laughs> well, as Debo's back. been getting a lot of carries. That's true. I, you know, that's been working really well for them. I think um, mm-hmm. they probably will continue to stick with that sum. Although I think if they have Mitchell back healthy, they may not need Debo to carry the ball as often and they can use him more as a yeah. receiver, which could have some impact on Ayuk, who's trending up lately. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still think in terms of the passing game, it's going to be hard for them to support three guys. Um, but mm-hmm. if Debo's getting a bunch of carries, that kind of changes everything with that, I think, you know. So that's yeah. kind of – there's going to be someone that's an odd man out each week, whether it's one of the running backs or uh, one of the receivers. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Kittle is back up to a high-end tight end mm-hmm. one each week. Uh, you know, Debo is just unbelievable. I think he's the mm-hmm. closest thing to Tyree Kill outside of Kansas City. So, uh, you know, yeah. they, they just they, – and Kyle Shanahan is great at manufacturing touch, touches for his mm-hmm. best playmakers. So Debo is just uh, really ascending to that wide receiver one status. Uh, but I will – you know, if Mitchell's yeah. back, I still like him a lot. I think he's, you know, a high-end RB2 uh, if, if he is healthy enough to play. Yeah, I do too. I agree with that and kind of agree with everything uh, that you said previously. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if Mitchell, uh, you know, is out or not. But um, if he's in, I think that he's, he's a good play this week. Yeah, I mean, th- I think this is a decent, it's not an amazing matchup for either side, but it's a decent enough matchup where you mm-hmm. can, you know, you can start players from this game, which uh, yeah. it's better than a lot of other matchups this week where there's a yeah. lower projected scoreline. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, the next matchup is the Rams at the Packers. This is a big one uh, in real football uh, for <laughs> NFC supremacy. Uh, over under 48 and a half. Uh, Green Bay is favored by a point. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers looked great last week. Uh, the Rams are coming out of their bye, so uh, maybe they'll be able to get Odell Beckham Jr. more acclimated to the offense. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit on the waiver show. It's going to be interesting whether van jefferson or beckham is the better fantasy option uh the rest Mm -hmm. of the season i think that's a very open question and we might start to get a sense of that here Uh, both of these teams have pretty good defenses and of course a ton of offensive firepower so it's going to be interesting to see which way this game goes yeah i mean that's the thing i think with the rams is this kind of unveiling you know they're coming out of out of their bye um and coming off of two losses and um you know, it's it's just that kind of wait and see to see how, if at all, you know, OBJ uh, will kind of impact um, this offense. And I think specifically Van Jefferson, you know, because I think that, you know, Cup is Cup. And, um, you know, you can't really um, – he's number one. And, and then you've got, uh, you know, Henderson in, in the backfield. Um, and I think those two guys are just – their roles are completely set. But now it's just kind of a wait and see between, you know, Van Jefferson and um, and Odell Beckham Jr. Because he's had that week to kind of get up to speed uh, on the playbook. So, um, you know, it, it'll it's an interesting matchup, you know, and I I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you expect? Um, do you think that OBJ will make much of an impact? 
I mean, I think it helps that they now had a week to get him up to speed because when he played in that first game, I mean, he probably knew about 10 different plays and that's it, you know, and they were the kind mm-hmm. of plays that like every team has in their playbook, the the standard slants and out routes and, and things like that. Um, so, and they, and the Rams like to run a lot of hurry up and they couldn't do that with Beckham because he didn't know all the calls uh, to rush up to the line. So um, I think the I think they'll be able to do a lot more with him now. Uh, and they may need him in this game because, uh, you know, Green Bay has a ton of firepower, of course. Um, and the Rams' defense is good, but it it, uh, it hasn't been quite as good as advertised this season. So, uh, you know, they keep adding more reinforcements. So maybe maybe now they'll mm-hmm. they'll hit their stride coming out of their bye. Um, yeah. That's why I don't have a great feel for whether this game is going to be high scoring or not. But, yeah. uh, but I think, you know, you have to play Rodgers at this point. Um, A.J. Dillon should get another huge workload with uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, unlikely to be back this week, although I guess it is possible. So we'll have to we'll have to see on on uh, Aaron Jones. But Green Bay does have a bye coming up, so I would expect uh, I would expect Jones to sit out one more week and for Dillon to be a RB one uh, in his place. Yeah, I mean Dillon was uh, he had a he played well last week, you know, and is was active in both that running and passing game. So I think that I think that I would assume that they'll probably stick with him this week, like you said, because they're going into a bye. Um, and, you know, I expect him to have a, have a pretty decent day. He, you know, he's an RB1, so um, I think it'll be good. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you're playing Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. Uh, just mm-hmm. awesome. Every week, wide receiver ones there. Uh, I, yeah. you know, I'm not really getting cute with MVS off of that big game last week. I don't think this is a great matchup, and you know, I don't think the the, the Rams are likely to let him get loose for one of those long touchdowns that he yeah, needs I to uh, have a nice fantasy uh, day. Okay, let's move on to the next matchup. Mm-hmm. It is the Browns and the Ravens, big one. Uh, yep. AFC North battle that we got both AFC North battles happening this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's a 46 and a half over under Ravens are favored by four. Uh, I'm assuming that Lamar Jackson will be back for this game after being sick last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not COVID. So uh, I would be surprising if he missed more than one game with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the Browns are really um, kind of struggling right now. I mean, they, they tried to give that game away to the Lions last week, and they still managed to survive. But um, they don't yeah. seem to be – I mean, the NFL has been so unpredictable this year. We could see the Browns come out and dominate, but they, they look like they're really limping into this game um, mm-hmm. right now. And uh, you have to feel like the Ravens have a big advantage. I think so. I think especially if, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson comes back and then Marquise Brown. I don't, I don't know his status if he's coming back, but um, – you know, if he's back, then I think that this this uh, Baltimore Ravens offense will kind of continue, get back on track, continue as usual. Um, you know, if, if Brown is out, um, you know, was, they basically use kind of Wat, Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman, uh, you know, uh, pretty evenly last week. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of kind of moving parts in this in this Ravens offense. So I would kind of expect that if uh, like I said, if Brown and Lamar Jackson are back, I think that they'll kind of continue operating as usual. Just another day at the office, I think, in Baltimore. Yeah, and I don't know what to do with their backfield. I mean, I, mm-hmm. 
you know, it seems like Devonta Freeman is still the main guy there, but it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a pretty even split between him and Latavius Murray. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I have trouble at this point in the season. I've lost much hope of any Baltimore running back being like an every week RB two. I just, I see them more as RB three kind of mm-hmm. options. Uh, yeah. So I would prefer, I would prefer Freeman over Murray, but um, I'm not like super excited to start either of them. I would say. Yeah, no, I would too. I think that's a fair point. And then, you know, if you have um, Lamar Jackson cutting in there too, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's kind of usual game game flow over there. Yeah, and I do still, you know, Bateman's uh, ascendance has sort of been interrupted by uh, Lamar Jackson being out. But I still think uh, d- this is a pass-first team now. So I think Bateman can still be on that wide receiver three uh, territory, even with uh, Hollywood Brown back in the lineup, if that is in fact the case. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And then on the Cleveland side, like I said, I mean, Baker Mayfield is just – he's physically beat up. He's playing poorly. Uh, the, you know, this passing game just does not scare you anymore uh, at this point. Um, you know, Odell Beckham never fit in, but he at least gave them a threat. I mean, now uh, there's just no one in the passing game that really uh, intimidates you uh, as an opposing defense. So, uh, you know, I think this is – it's basically Nick Chubb uh, – and then, like I said, if you're digging really deep, you can look at an Austin Hooper or a Jarvis Landry. Um, but I just uh, I don't I, I don't feel great about that. You know, it's really it's really Chubb that, and maybe Hunt if he's able to come back, uh, you might look at as well. So no interest in kind of diving into Donovan Peoples Jones if he plays. I mean, I don't even know if he's going to play. I mean, yeah, he missed last week, and and I would say no. I mean, uh-huh. I just don't I don't really want to be investing in the in the Cleveland passing game if I can possibly avoid it yeah no I think that's fair yeah all right final game of the week Monday night football uh the Seahawks and the Washington football team mm-hmm. uh it's it's sad because I mean the the way the way that this is I mean this has just gone completely against what we were expecting coming into the season we were expecting Washington to have a really good defense and they've had a terrible defense all season particularly mm-hmm. against the pass uh we also thought that you know if the seahawks were going to let russ cook that they would be uh putting up huge numbers I, I saw someone on twitter say you know uh or had a picture of russ with the chef's hat on and then next to it was like two hot dogs in a bowl of cereal <laughs> that's the <laughs> cooking that's happening right now with with the seahawks uh it's pretty gross um yeah. so i don't know something has to give here i mean it's mm-hmm. such a great matchup for seattle but yep. How how confident can you be based on how they've looked the last couple of weeks? You know, I don't know that you can. And Seattle needs to win out, right? And so I don't know. Does this put enough? Does this put fire in the belly of you know Russell Wilson and and crew? And uh, do they kind of can they come you know come out to Washington and put up regular Seattle numbers? I mean. It's it's this tough offense to buy into right now and to trust, but if there is a an opponent and if there is a game that they can do that against, it is the Washington football team. So I you know I don't know you know Wilson has had back to back games without touchdowns. It seems like you know DK Metcalf. It just there's a lot of frustration I think that's going on in Seattle right now. But like I said, they have to win out. So maybe. Maybe they jump. They're able to get kind of jumpstart in Washington. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I would. I think it's hard to trust, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they do do it. Yeah, I'm giving the Seahawks one more chance uh, mm-hmm. because 
the you know since Russell Wilson's been back, they faced the Packers and the Cardinals. Those are two really difficult matchups. Two mm-hmm. very good defenses. Uh, he has. You know, I don't think it's a matter of fire in the belly because I think he actually really is super competitive and he rushed back probably sooner than he should have because he has so much fire in his belly. Um, but I, you know, I think that uh, this this is the this if they can't get right against this defense, then it's just not happening this season. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go once more to the breach with. Uh, with the Seahawks offense, I, I if I have Russell Wilson, I'm gonna I'm gonna start him. If I don't have a top, a, you know, an obvious top ten guy, um, I'm gonna start DK Metcalf. I'm gonna start Tyler Lockett, uh, and just hope for the best there. And I, I'm pretty much taking a pass on their running game. I just like mm-hmm. we talked about in the waiver wire. I think it's very unsettled. Like, you know, I don't feel confident starting Alex Collins anymore at this point. Rashad Penny might not be healthy. Uh, I see DJ Dallas and. Uh, and Travis Homer is more complimentary passing game guys. So I'll probably just pass on, uh, on their running game and invest in those big three, uh, Russell Wilson, DK and Lockett, and hope that mm-hmm. it goes a little better this time. Yeah. What do you think for uh, Washington side? Well, I, I mean, Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, he got, he got a lot of work last week. I mean, it looked like he got benched at one point for a little mm-hmm. while, but then he came back in and he ended up with, 95 yards, uh, 19 carries. That's a lot of work, you know? Um, so I, I, I think he's a reasonable option. Um, Seattle has given up the second most adjusted fantasy points to running backs. So mm-hmm. it does seem like a pretty decent matchup there. They've been much more stingy against uh, passing games. But um, like we've talked about before, I mean, Taylor Heineke, just he can put up decent numbers even against a good defense like he did last week. So... Uh, I still think he's a, he's a possible streamer. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, you know, you just don't bench him. Uh, no. He's been disappointing at times this season, but uh, he's just always capable of having a big game like he had last week. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he's got to be in lineups. But I'm not – you know, I know you like DeAndre Carter. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's possible Curtis Samuel comes back this week, although mm-hmm. maybe not likely. Um, Logan Thomas could be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he's back – I. I'd probably consider him just given the state of tight end, but uh, I'm probably not playing uh, Carter or Samuel, uh, you know, any secondary uh, passing game options uh, for Washington. Yeah, I think I see it more as kind of a a plug and play if you're desperate. But um, yeah, and I think if Logan Thomas does come back, that certainly would eat into kind of DeAndre Carter's volume, obviously. But I think it does all bode well for uh, Taylor Heineke. I do like him as a streamer this week. You know, as you kind of as you mentioned, uh, he he fared pretty well against Carolina. He threw three touchdowns against them, and um, you know, I think that he could walk away and, and as a as a uh, QB one this week um, against Seattle. So I like him uh, moving forward. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We will see. Uh, it's the it's the patented matchup of Seattle Washington. There you go. I hadn't even picked up on that. I like that. It it fits that Washington's the home team too, because that makes Seattle listed on top. It it, It makes sense. It makes sense. It just makes sense. It makes sense. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, You can go to rosrankings.com to see our uh, updated rest of season fantasy rankings uh you can find me on twitter at andrew underscore seifter and you can follow me at lk auerbach and as always if you can rate review like subscribe ring that bell all that fun stuff we greatly appreciate it um thank you in advance if you do that thank you for listening 
happy turkey day and turkey week and good luck everyone in week 12 gobble gobble (laughs) you've been listening to the rest of season rankings podcast go to www.rosrankings.com for more